Welcome to Focus on Women, a platform we created to help support all women in the photography and video arena. From photographers and directors to producers and creative directors, stylists to assistants and more. Our mission is to give women a seat at the table and involve them in community through networking events, workshops, mentoring, and mentorship. You are listening to season three of our podcast. I never thought we would get here. Thank you to all who made it happen. Mostly our fabulous producer, Shelly Waldman. Please keep listening and tune in. Every Thursday, we launch new episodes. Thanks. Hi, I'm Tracy Tarek, the founder of Focus on Women. And today's guest is Nellie Muganda, a hair and makeup stylist based here in the Bay Area. She works on celebrity shoots, advertising shoots, as well as weddings, and also owns a hair and makeup salon here in San Francisco. Welcome, Nellie. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us. Sorry for, we had a little bit of technical difficulty, so (laughs) um, hopefully we can power through it. Um, Let's talk, you've been in the hair and makeup business, it sounds like, for 20 or so years. Yes, please. Yes, I've been for twenty years. Awesome. And how did you how did you start that? Did you when did you come to the states? Actually, because that's probably not where you're born from, correct? No, I was born in Tanzania, but uh, I moved here in the uh, mid seventies, and then I went to college in Nebraska. Oh wow, Nebraska is very different from San Francisco. Oh, don't say. But I um, I was always curious, and I wanted to uh, go to college, you know, like mid-America, so I can really learn about this country. Yeah. And that's the reason why I chose to go to Nebraska. Yeah, it's so, much better. That was kind of an echo. Yeah, exactly. So, sorry, will you say that all over again? Uh, we were talking about um, that you had a great story of how you got started. Yeah. So my story is quite interesting. After my business degree, I um, got a job first at the insurance company, and I wasn't really happy about that. And then I uh, ended up working at a bank, which wasn't what I thought I wanted to do. I knew something was out there for me. But one morning on Sunday, reading the Sunday paper, I saw this ad from all the agents opening up in Lincoln, Nebraska. So I was curious, and I just said, I'm going to go to the open house. So I went to the open house. I knew I wasn't tall enough, um, but uh, speaking to um, the uh, lady who uh, had opened up the agency, she took some interest in me, and uh, she said, well, I'm going to be hiring someone to run the agency, and you have the qualification that I'm looking for. So that's how it all got started. So that gave me the opportunity to work with models and as I was working with models, I was always um, fixing them up, doing their makeup and doing their hair. And then one day she called me in the office and she said, you've got a gift. Uh, did you train for this? And I said, no, I just kind of helped them out. Mm-hmm. And she suggested, maybe you should check into this. Um, you may want to take some evening classes and um, go to beauty school and learn the skill. So that's how it all started. Wow, that's awesome. And then, so when you, while you were in Nebraska and working at the agency, you basically then became, um, did she then make you a hair and makeup artist or did you branch so, out and leave the agency to do that? 
So I worked with her for two years, and uh, we were lucky enough that um, that there were two two agencies, one in Lincoln and one in Omaha. Mm-hmm. But we were all working together, and the uh, the CEO of Nancy Bounds for the agency, Nancy Bounds, the CEO of Nancy Bounds, she herself was an actress and a model in the 50s, and she had connections all over the world. And so she would have um, people coming in from Paris, from Milan, from New York, from San Francisco, from Miami, from from uh, Dallas to scout in Nebraska. And knowing Nebraskans, um, there's so many beautiful people because of Scandinavian background. There are a lot of tall and beautiful people. So our models were doing really well internationally. And so I met uh, one of the um, modeling agencies in San Francisco who had a very successful agency called Top Models in Mill Valley. Mm-hmm. And she had a couple of the uh, uh, models that I had worked with in Omaha, in Omaha and Lincoln. And so she hired me to come to San Francisco and work for her. Wow, that's awesome. So my journey started that way. Then I was in San Francisco for three years and a photographer called me. He said, uh, I've seen your work. You're pretty good and I would like to see if we can work together. So that's how it all started. Wow, I love it. So, so fast forward and now you're in San Francisco working with photographers. Um, and what happens next? When do you open your shop? So, so then um, I worked a couple of like two, three years, and I decided to go to LA for some time. Mm-hmm. And so I worked in LA, and then uh, then I came back here, and then I was traveling between San Francisco, LA, New York, and Vancouver. Wow! Uh, I was doing a lot of TV commercials in Vancouver and doing a lot of uh, uh, jazz musicians in New York and LA. And uh, then I got into um, designing um, a, a doll hair. And so I did that for like <laughs> probably five years. And then the company was sold. So that's when I decided to open my own uh, salon. Ah, okay. Okay. And so tell us a little bit about the different photographers that you work with. And um, you, you did mention briefly, but... Um, You've done musicians, you've done celebrities, right? You've done advertising work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, the photographers that I worked with in L.A. and even in San Francisco, San Francisco was quite booming in the uh, 80s and 90s. Uh, mm-hmm. There was a lot of work here. There's, this was a catalog town. Uh, we had Macy's, we had Nordstrom, we had Texas Avenue, we had... Um, um, came out we have we have all right. the, the people who are shooting in San Francisco um, and uh, you know before the dot uh, com came in uh, of course things change after that yeah yeah so I was able to work with a lot of photographers doing a lot of fashion for um, Emporium for um, Macy's for um, came out for you know wow. Ross uh, Ross was big too um, Ross, right. And, and then uh, Mervin. Mervin's was here then, Marvin's, too. Yeah, Ross and Mervin were huge. I mean, yeah. I would work like seven days a week. And then then from there, I would do car commercials. So you're on, you're coming in from a catwalk for five days and you're, you're booked to do a car commercial for seven days. And then you're going to back to a catwalk for another four or five days. So <laughs> so I, I worked nonstop. Yes. And then, uh, when, and then when I started getting into uh working with celebrities and I would travel to New York 
And so that kind of took me away from the uh, the catalog. But then at the time, the catalogs were getting less and less. Then I started working with a lot of musicians, like Tony Bennett, Dave Benoit, George Benson, uh, Chris Chapman, wow. a lot of us, Freeman, John Lee Hooker, BBC, you know. And how Cartier, did you... Michael. Wow. How did you get involved in that world? Did somebody introduce you? Uh, so uh, I, uh, when I tried to, to work in L.A., I was lucky enough that um, I met a photographer who was shooting a lot of jazz musicians. That's all his job was to just travel the country and, and work in these uh, big band uh, like Tony Bennett and, and um, you know, Ross Freeman and mm-hmm. you know, David Benoit. And so he, uh, so he was in San Francisco, actually, shooting for Bank of America. And one of his buddies who had worked with me here suggested that he hire me. And then he hired me. And he said, I really like the way you work, so I'm going to start using you to L.A. So then he, he would use me. Since you're coming to L.A., he said, I'm going to start booking you there, too. So he started booking me there. And then I started traveling with him all over the country. Wow. And so that's how I got into that. And then uh, then I met a producer also who was recommended to me to work with Poe and Linda, the late Linda McCartney. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she um, she started using me because I worked with Linda and Poe, and she liked the way I worked. So then I started working with time in L.A. Then she started coming in to work for Pixar. Oh, Sure. And so she got me Small to world. Pixar. So I've been working with Pixar for 20 years. Wow. You've had a great uh, career with so many different aspects to it and a lot of um, people who really kind of just help spread the word about you. I've been really blessed. I, I, I got to tell you that. Um, I know I count my blessings every day. That's amazing. And so, Nelly, were you ever with um, a rep? Or have you always worked on your own? Uh, I try to have people rep me. And, you know, the one thing that I'll tell you is a lot of reps don't really know how to rep people, and especially my, in my position. Since I'm foreign born and I've got an accent, most of the reps I found out, they thought that my accent was not a good thing for, for them to, to expose me. But, yes, I would get all these jobs on my own. And then when they hear that I got the job, they say, oh, can I, can I bill for you? And I <laughs> right. said, no, I don't want you to bill for me. I got this job on my own. So I decided to just work freelance. Yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah. you have built such a great network of people. You, you almost don't really need the help in terms of marketing, it sounds like. It's, it's better that way. And I think the, the thing that I did was just work on my portfolio and work on my resume and work on my, my website. Yeah. Um, so, and, and that's something that you have to keep up every year. Right. That's right. <laughs> and, and what about, um, your assistants? Do you work with assistants and are you, um, you know, I would imagine that's kind of how you help, uh, mentor people in this career. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do have colleagues that I work with. I've had a lot of people that have, um, uh, assisted with me and they have ended up being successful and now they work on their own. So it's kind of nice to see them work on their own. And I tease them, I say, oh, look, don't take my job now. <laughs> <laughs> I just tease them, I say, remember where you came from? But no, it's, that's never happened. But yeah. I've um, actually mentored a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I'm still continuing to do so. 
uh, which is it's, it's great to give back, I think. Yes, yes, I think so too, especially um, when that's kind of how you got, you know, that's how you got started. And um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, so it makes you a little bit more aware of it. And talk about, oh, do you still have your salon on Union Street? I do. Uh, it's, it's, it's most now I'm, um, I kind of uh, decided that I used to have a huge salon where I had, you know, a couple of chairs and I was renting chairs and that's, I kind of don't do that anymore. So now I just have a studio because I'm only there two, two to three days a week. Mm-hmm. And most of the times I'm on location. So, um, and I like being there for two to three days a week because I love to come in and cut and color and, you know, whether it's men or women. Uh, and and it's, it's, I think, as a, an artist, it really keeps me abreast. Oh, you know, sure. When you're mm-hmm. working on location, and you have to do a blowout, you can do it quickly because they don't give us a lot of time like you have in the salon. So having a salon keeps my speed up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, That's interesting. Is that why you opened the salon? When when I opened? Um, I said, is that why you opened it? Like uh, you were so busy. I don't know how you found time to open a salon. (laughs) <laughs> That's how I opened the salon. I think the other reason why I opened the salon is when I used to do makeup for people, just regular people in photo shoots or some places like weddings, they had questions. They would ask me, how do you do? How did you do this makeup? How can I come in for makeup person? I, I don't know how to go shopping because when I uh, go shop, you know, the girls give me something that makes me look yellow, pink, or, you know, I don't know how to pick my colors. I, and so all those questions, then I was like, it would be nice to have a place where I could have people coming in and I can show them what's the right colors for them so they don't have to buy stuff that I, you know, how many women have things in in the cabinets that they bought and then they come home and say, oh, this is wrong. I can do this. <laughs> right, right. Lots of so clothes that you never wear. Women money. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Educate them and save them money. So this way, when you go in, you know exactly what you're looking for, and then you don't feel like you're wasting your money buying something that's going to sit there, and then you don't know what to do with it. Sure, sure. So you must have seen a lot of different, I mean, if you've been in the Bay Area that long, you've seen a lot of change in the Bay Area. Like you said before, there were a lot of catalogs um, at one point, and then then the, the tech came in, and a lot of people, you know, kind of pivoted, I guess. And maybe you're still, I would imagine you still were getting work because, you know, there's so much lifestyle shooting happening still. Um, but can you talk to us about, you know, the, the ups and downs? Cause we're, you know, we're in the middle of a shelter in place and, you know, a period of kind of unknown for a lot of artists. Um, but you're a survivor of some of those downturns. So maybe you've got some insight that you could share with how that, you know, your thoughts on coming back from something like that? I think as an artist, um, when the shelter in place came, we basically lost our income immediately mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, we don't, we don't work on salaries. Our jobs are booked ahead of time. And uh, like, I know I lost a bunch of jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, the San Francisco Film Festival is about to happen. And I usually work a lot. Uh, and Pixar, you know, has a new movie coming out. I had a couple of jobs there that I lost. 
And then there's just other movies that, you know, do press junkets in San Francisco that I had been booked on, you know, they also got canceled. And so the challenge right now is that we don't know what to expect when we get back to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we are thinking, and my, my colleagues and I will be talking about this, you know, we, we're going to wear our masks, we're going to wear our gloves, but I think we're also going to need face shields. Yeah. Because if you're in front of somebody's face, you want to make them feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we, we have to dress up now as doctors. Right. In order for us to really be comfortable, to protect ourselves and protect our clients. Yeah. Yeah. But even if we get opened up now, it's going to be very slow for us to get to a point where we were. Sure. Before this pandemic started. For sure. Uh, I'm not sure how, for me, I'm talking about, I'm not sure how the movies are going to be doing their, you know, their promotion junkets, as we call them as it is with this distancing thing, because they sell the movies when they come to San Francisco, they have to go to, to Facebook, to Google, to this, you know, to, to talk to the people. And then how are you going to, to sell that movie when you, there's a distancing, you don't have the, the masses that you used to have. So that's gonna, another thing. People cannot go to the movies like they used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that, I am not sure how that, with my income, that's going to project to me. Haircuts, I think I'm okay with that. I know that people will be anxious to will come as long as I'm protecting myself and they know that I'm going to protect them. And mm-hmm. hair color, that'll be fine. But, yeah. um, you know, the other jobs are, are in advertising, and I work a lot for you, Paka, too. You know, the CEOs, that they do a lot of videos. Uh-huh. And so I don't know how that's going to happen. So we have a challenge ahead of us. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And do you think that um, besides the face shield, I I was seeing some uh, hair and makeup person recently sent something out actually saying that they were, I don't remember what they called it. It was some kind of certification that they were getting um, to prove that they were safe. Maybe you already have that because of the salon. Yeah, I think we have to kind of keep up with the CDC guidelines also. Yeah. Uh, making yeah. sure that you have all the sanitizers in place and making sure that your salon is not, you know, crowded. And, and luckily, I only have one chair. So, and, and I had a couple couches that people would come in and lounge, you know, if I was doing a wedding trial. I, I've already taken those chairs out. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So I only have one chair for my client and one on, on the end of the, the, the other corner of the salon. If somebody that came to, with a lot, you know, comes with a relative then the relative can sit over there six feet apart from <laughs> this other one. But the other two chairs, I took them away. And I've taken a bunch of stuff. You know, I've been doing that, taking a lot of stuff out of to make sure that it's just empty. Yeah. And yeah. except my, my chair that I'm using and plus the, the sanitizing station mm-hmm. will be there. I've got some um, masks. If somebody comes in, they don't have a mask. I already bought those masks in there. So, yeah. So, you know, we have to take precautions and gloves are there too. Yeah. 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 I think it's going to be, it will definitely be interesting um, to see how it does come back. You're right. Like the movies is a big thing. And then, and then those lifestyle shoots, I would imagine those videos for Hewlett Packard, you know, those were multiple models in a day that are on set, not just one at a time. So, um, 
it will be interesting to see how they maybe try to stagger that so that you're not dealing with too many people in a day, you know? Exactly. Exactly. And, you know, so when you're working, uh, sometimes you have to like five people in a day, um, which you have to have enough brushes that, um, right. you know, I mean, I was just kind of like the other day I was buying different types of bags, you know, which I have already. I have bags and I have a cup, you know, mm-hmm. so the brushes that I'm using on somebody, you have to put them on a different, you know, you have to have a disposable thing where, you know, like those are soiled, right. you throw them, they're dirty. Don't keep them near anything else. And, uh, you know, and then with powders, I am not going to use compact powders on my clients anymore. I'm just going to use loose powders because you can take a little dish and take a powder out of the the powder thing and then put it on a little dish. And when you're done, you can dump whatever is left in the trash. Right. That's so smart. You know, Mm -hmm. then you don't have to, uh, to use the same compact on everybody. Yeah. You cannot do that now. I don't think. Right. Right. Yeah. So you'd even have yeah. to, I so, guess, yeah, you'd have to use a different hairbrush for everybody, mm-hmm, different makeup mm-hmm. brushes yep, for everybody. Yep, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I, that's what I've been doing. You know, I mean, I actually threw all my compact powders. <laughs> yes, I threw all of them away. Wow. And I just bought, yeah, I bought just all, you know, loose powders because those are going to be the safest thing to do. And so now I don't have enough um, to judge for, you know, the little, little dishes for, for each client, so that's what I'm going to be doing tomorrow. I'm going to go looking for little jars so that I have plenty. When I'm mm-hmm. busy, I don't have to. I can just use one and put it in the trash and then take another one. Right, right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sanitize yeah. Them. Yeah. Sanitize yeah. them later. But, you know, even before I had a UV light, you know, when I wash my brushes, I don't use a spray that people use, like spraying. And, you know, I use them with, with um with a brush cleaner, that's kind of like soap to make sure they're clean. And then I have a UV light that I duck them in in like 20, 15, 15 to 20 minutes to make sure that they're really clean. Yeah. And that has to be, uh, you know, continued. Right. right, right. Yeah. So much to think about, about, you know, safety for people. And it's funny because I would imagine in your industry, you've already, you know, you've, you've already had to think about that. You own a salon that ha- you have to have some different certification that proves that you are practicing safety for people. Um, mm-hmm. But now it's a little bit more heightened, right? And now the set, you know, the sets are going to be more cognizant of it. Um, so I think you kind of oh, have a little, you have a little bit of an advantage ahead of some of the other hair and makeup people who maybe weren't practicing some of that. Um, exactly, exactly. And I'm lucky that I've always had a studio and I, I work alone. I used to have someone working with me, but but luckily that, you know, I let him go. So, yeah. so that, I, I'm so happy about that because uh, I don't have to, to worry about, you know, being crowded and having too many people in that place. It's just, it's nice that way. I wanted to give a shout out today to my good friend and colleague, Betsy Davison, and her company, Space for Arts. Space for Arts is a global B2B marketplace for professional production spaces, i.e. studios. Its platform presents a vetted inventory of professional production spaces with robust search tools, optimized for the needs of production professionals, supported by communication alerts, which assist in the rapid decision cycles of production. 
SpaceBarts offers a management solution which mirrors entrenched practices, simplifies and automates them, thus providing a powerful time-saving resource to both studio owners and production professionals. By addressing the significant pain points for both sides of the market, Space for Arts will capture a high percentage of available bookings, becoming the industry's default resource for booking and managing production spaces. Think of it as an open table meets Airbnb meets CRM software. It's the perfect solution for professional production space integration. Yeah, yeah. Now, do you still do, I saw on your site that you also, um, you know, did a lot of weddings, which is another industry that's been greatly impacted. Yeah, I actually do now, I, I used to do a lot of weddings. Now I do like five, five or six in a year, which is fine. Yeah. Uh, and I have four booked already, which is uh, in August, I have two and then two, I think I have five booked in two in uh, September and one in October so far. But, you know, what I'm hearing now from the bride, uh, some of the weddings I had in June have been been canceled until next year. They are going to just do like home, small weddings at home, you know, instead of having a big venue. Mm -hmm. Um, So instead of having like 100 people, 150, now they're probably going to just have like maybe 15, 20 people. Right, right. The good news is they'll still want their hair and makeup done. Right. So <laughs> instead of doing doing uh, like moms, two moms and, and a right. bride and seven bridesmaids, now it's probably going to be just the bride and the two moms and then that's it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little overwhelming sometimes when you think of all the things that have changed in our world in such a short amount of time. Um Oh, it's amazing. Right. But it's yeah. but it's also nice yeah. to be talking to so many different creatives to hear, you know, how they're they're you know, we're creative, right? So we think of solutions and Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. you know, and you just yeah. kind of power through and you figure out a way to make it work that feels mm-hmm. good for you and your client, which I think is most important. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. the most important thing is the key is safety for everybody. Yeah. Um, just, you know, for you, but also making sure that you make everybody comfortable and they know that, uh, you know, they're, they're going to be coming into you and you're taking all the precautions that right. that uh, going to make them safe. Right. Yeah. Right. So do you think for you um, come going as we get, you know, into different phases of shelter in place being lifted a little bit more, will you probably go back first to doing stuff through the salon like you said so many people like myself need their hair colored <laughs> you know I've, I've got a couple of people saying why aren't you here can you can i be the first one mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i i see myself with uh probably a little bit more at the beginning uh in just my salon because like i said with um with uh, the movies, um, things have been pushed on. I think things will probably happen in the fall because everybody is going to be waiting to see yes. what's going on. And also traveling. A lot of these people travel a lot from different cities to right. promote these movies, and some of them come from overseas. Mm. Um, and we, in the U.S., we still, uh, we are still, our numbers are still up there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Uh, and so I'm not sure that a lot of Europeans 
um, who want to come promote their movies will be coming right away. So I think everybody will watch. So I know that industry is going to take a little while to come back. Yeah. Uh, I think we're going to hurt a little in that industry before it comes back. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. 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 Wow. Well, what else, um, what else can you share with us? Um, do you want to share any kind of fun stories that you have of some of your celebrities and, or maybe there's something, uh, you know, some lesson you learned from somebody um, that meant a lot to you in your career? I think what I'm learning as I work with these celebrities is that they're just like your neighbor. They're like your brother. They're like your father. They're like your, your uncle, your sister, your, you know. Um, when you go in to work with them, you can be excited, but I don't think that they'd like to see somebody who is too excited. Mm -hmm. um, if you just come in and take your time, get to, to know them a little bit, and you can just sit down and just ask them and say, can I just, uh, can we just talk for a few minutes to find out what we, we, we are doing? In other words, you're an artist, but you know, you got to act like they're also in with you. So what are we doing today? What is making you comfortable so we can know that what should we achieve? Um, and then when you approach them that way, they know that you're sensitive to their needs. And then they will obviously tell you what they like and what they don't like. And so, and then that makes your job really, really nice. So I've, I've been lucky that I've always had a great time with them. I've had some of them actually even say, oh, let's have breakfast. No, don't, don't rush, you know. I'm going to order breakfast for us. You know, and you're nice. like, oh my God, I'm sitting with this because this person, I mean, he's ordering <laughs> me breakfast. She's ordering me breakfast. So, um, I mean, right. it's, yeah. it's, it's really nice. And sometimes you get somebody who, who you work with for the rest of the day and when you go and touch them up at the end of the day because they're going to do a, an interview at night and they said, oh, there's a glass of wine. Yes, I'm going to have a glass. Can you join me? And you take your time to stay and Drink your wine, don't rush, you know, leave whenever you want. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I so, think that's a good I tip. Know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think it's, uh, and this is what I tell the young, you know, some of the young ones are coming in and say, don't ask them for, a, you know, for a photo. They will ask you for a photo if you're good enough like that. Uh -huh. The other ones will say, you've been so kind, let's have a selfie. You nice, know? right. Uh, don't ask for an autograph. Like that's a turn off, and you know when you do that, also you have to realize that um, the people work with them are there. Yeah. Sometimes they come in and check in. You know, I mm -hmm. mean they check in, and then they can see how you know you get along with them. I'm not going to say a name, but I'll say one one big big star came in, and he had had a rough day, I guess, from traveling. And uh, his publicist said to me, took me aside, said, "Before I take you in, let me just tell you." He's really, really in a bad mood, you know, so don't <laughs> worry, you know, I'm just going to give him his time. So I went in and, and I said hello to him and he, and the publicist left and so the two of us are there. So I said, oh, so what do you think we should do today? What, you know, and then, and then instead of, of him, you know, telling me what he wanted, he started wanting to know where I was from. Ah, right. And so I, I told him I was born in Tanzania, and said, Tanzania, like, my great grandfather used to live in Zanzibar. <laughs> wow! And this was like, oh my god! And I and he said, 
you know, the 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 um the there's a farm in Zanzibar where they sell all these herbs. And I said, yeah, it's famous. I've been there. And he said, yeah, my grandfather is the one who planted all those. <laughs> so and then when Pablis walked in, he was looking at me and he's, he's almost like, what did you do to him? Right. He was a bad mood. <laughs> <laughs> right. The whole day, the Pablis was like, Nelly, what did you do to him? I said, I don't know. <laughs> so, so it's just, you know, your character has to be, you have to, it's like you're there for them. Right. You know? And and don't don't sell yourself because you're working with them. And another celebrity that I used to travel with, it's a really big name, he told me, he said, you know what I love about you? It's all about your job. You're not here to, to sell yourself because you're, you're working for me. Mm-hmm. You're here to do your job and you're doing your job and you're just that. You're focused on your job. And he said, I love you for that. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's great. So that's yeah. the blessing that I get from them. Yeah, yeah, I bet that. Yeah, I bet that's true because I bet a lot of people who work for celebrities sometimes have another motive for for doing that job, right? And then, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and then they kind of try to take advantage of it or whatever, and that could get really annoying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think that's great. I think that's a great tip, and um, yeah. It's a, it's fascinating to me all of the different things that you've done. It's it's an area that um, I'm not that familiar with, but um, I rep. You know, I have an agency actually and rep photographers, but we mm-hmm. do mostly we like you have a catalog background, so we've been around that long, and we do a lot of interiors and food and that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the hair and makeup is very different, and then the celebrity thing is definitely different. Um, from what I'm used to, but I love your story and I love um, how you've been able to just make such an amazing career at it and, um, and been so successful. It's just so great. Yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying it. And, and I'm hoping that it's after this pandemic, it's not going to change too much because yeah. it's going to be, it's going to be sad to see that, but you know, I'm yeah. hopeful. Yeah. yeah. And so this is it for you. This is something that you're, you're going to continue to do. And, you know, um, what do you do? What have you been doing in your downtime to sort of help yourself stay motivated? Oh, just um, you know, reading a couple of different books. I had Michelle Obama book that I hadn't read. And then I also had um, um, and the president of Tanzania, the ex-president of Tanzania who wrote a book that I was curious of reading. And uh, basically, through that, I finish all my taxes. <laughs> I was kind of late. I usually don't get them done until July, but this time I was able to finish them earlier. <laughs> my accountant was happy. <laughs> oh, dear. And I think I was just touching base with uh, my old friends and, and yeah. family. I mean, I, I find that I'm talking to them more on the yeah. phone and texting more and just really, really touching and touching base and like that we've been so busy we don't even think about that yeah yeah it's kind of been nice right to sort of connect with people that you're like you said we're all so busy our schedules never mesh you know but now you know you can call someone and more than likely they're around mm-hmm. yeah so yeah. that's been really really nice yeah so, nice yeah yeah well that's great but well, I'm ready to go back to work because yes <laughs> just, just uh 
Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's really sad. And a lot of uh, people like me and my friends, we were unable to get any, in, any loans from uh, small business loans uh, because I think we, you know, maybe we didn't qualify because, uh, or maybe we don't have employees. So, so a lot of us freelancers are, it's um, really anxious to get back. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. And do you know, have, if, is there any kind of time frame there in San Francisco for when salons will be back up and running? Uh, I think we're the last one. We're going to be in yeah. uh, phase three. And I don't know if it's going to be the first of June or mid-June, mm-hmm. but I think that's where we are. Yeah. And I think we have, um, Newsom was a little uh, concerned because I think he said the first um, uh, COVID person in the, the area came from a salon. Ah, yes, right. The was from a nail salon. Yes, you know? yeah. So he didn't say where, but it was a nail salon. He was con- you know, concerned about that. And I can see why, because nail mm-hmm. salons are pretty much packed. Yes. So that's going to be a good challenge for them now, because they're always, always packed. Right, right. And you're sitting very close to everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that's, you know, they have a challenge there. But I think that's where the problem is going to be. Hair salons, I think we can work it out. But, you know, the big hair salons, I also see that they're going to have a problem. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're going to have to yeah, cut because back. Because they're going to have to take out the chairs. You can't, they can't put people in close like that. Like right. To be, right. Know. Or have a lot of people sitting around waiting for the next chair mm-hmm. to open. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, gosh, well, it was so nice to meet you, Nellie. Um, thank you for powering through with our technical difficulties. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, no problem. I, didn't, I kind of didn't schedule anything after this because I said, what if something goes wrong? Let me just... Right. You know, <laughs> keep it open. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. Well, Will you tell us... Oh, that's okay. Um, will you tell us, the viewers who are listening, how they can find you on Instagram? What's your yeah, Instagram I'm handle? I'm under Nelly uh, Muganda. Okay. And Nelly is N-E-L-L-I-E. I-E, correct. Right. Okay. And Muganda, I tell people that if you, you know Uganda, just put an M in front and that's Muganda. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, great. Well, thanks again. And thanks to everyone for tuning in. Please remember to check us out at focusonwomen.org. And subscribe. Thank you, everyone, and stay safe. Yes, everybody stay safe and keep your creative juices flowing. Absolutely.